welcome back everybody to another episode of Off the Road with John and Josh. I am Josh. And I'm master of horror movies, John Carpenter. I mean, if that's true, maybe you throw some of that horror money my way. Make it rain, oh, son. I'll throw horror money your way, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, we are on episode six. That's six. right. Six. And we are here to talk about NXT TakeOver in your house. Oh my god, that was a great <sighs> overall pay-per-view. I mean, I we'll get to that. To We're not doing it yet. We're not doing Oh it. my god! <laughs> we got some other stuff to cover before we get to well, in your house. That's right. So, before we get into the big part of this show, I, I like to talk about some of the news uh, and some of the stuff, stuff, other stuff that we've watched uh, during this past week. Since, you know, we recorded last week and uh, now we're back. We're back. All right. So, we had a few news stories that I want to touch on. First off, Drake Maverick. Officially re-signed with WWE. John, what'd you think about this? I mean, I called it a couple weeks ago. I mm-hmm. said if they were smart, they would turn it into a storyline. They obviously, you know, they they knew he had some talent. I'm glad he got re-signed. Yeah, okay. I sent you the link to the, the signing itself. Uh, very emotional moment for Drake Maverick. Good for him. Yeah. And uh, overall, I'm a little sad he didn't win the title. Yeah, you know, but uh, it's nice to see that he's still around and might get another shot at that title, you know? Yeah, but imagine the emotion that could have been on camera if he'd have won the championship in the finals and then got the contract. Yeah, that would have been pretty awesome because, you know, he would have that whole, well, I just won the title, now I got to give it, you know, vacated because, you know, my contract is up. And then Triple H comes out and be like, you know what? Hold on to that sign right here. That Absolutely. That would have been pretty dope, I got to say. What were your thoughts, though? I'm, I'm real happy i like this guy you know uh just watching him do his work in the ring during this tournament has been really cool to see and uh i'm i'm real pleased that he's sticking around so i get to see more of uh, what what he has to to offer if you want to see a really great well it wasn't when he was drake maverick when it was uh rockstar spud and tna watch rockstar spud take on king maxwell all right i'll have to check that out it's matt hardy's two-year-old son at the time nice and, and if any of you, any of you out there, have uh, seen that or have any thoughts on Drake Maverick coming, uh, you know, being uh, re-signed, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Off the Ropes JJ, or better yet, how to head on over to Anchor.fm slash Off the Ropes JJ and leave us a voice message. It would be awesome. I would play it right here if I had one. Absolutely. But I don't. We're still waiting. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Right. So our next story is about a Fed that I don't think we've actually talked about yet on the show since we relaunched, and that's New Japan Pro Wrestling. They are set to resume their operations as of June 15th, so just a few days from now, uh, and their first show with fans has been announced to be uh, sometime in July, but they will be at one-third capacity. Uh, I, I think this is great. You know, I'm glad to see that they're going to be back up and running. They're playing it smart. You know, with this one-third capacity thing. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Are you excited to see New Japan back in action? I mean, New Japan is just something I really follow. I have a couple of people I talk about it with. Um, I'm not really familiar with the the product itself. 
uh, which I really should be considering we're doing a wrestling podcast now. So maybe I'll start trying to get more familiar with it. I mean, um, shit, if you can be as familiar with TNA and never watch, or you know, Impact Wrestling, and never actually watch it, you know, I think you could do the same with New Japan. I mean, there's just so much product out there that you try to keep up with, and I mean, like, overall, it's it's just, you know, between trying to have a, a life and a family life and work and then, you know, podcasts, I mean, there's very little time to keep up with everything these days. It's so true. if ever I'm slacking on something, which I am today, and I apologize that, Forgive me. Yeah, and if you guys out there, you you ever want to just call in and give us some information that yes. you think is interesting or that we should know about, I know that there's do it. two people listening to this podcast right now who I work with, and one of you, you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> you watch New Japan and you know New Japan, leave us a goddamn freaking message and we'll add you in here. Hell yeah, that'd be a sweet thing to talk about and it'll teach us a little more as well. Uh, so next up, Tamina. Tamina, Tamina. She posted on Twitter, she posted this creepy mental hospital like vignette type thing. And then not long after, deleted it. Uh, we watched it. Some, some people had saved this video. They were able to grab it before it got taken down. It's still uh, circulating YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I found it on, uh, I think it was ProWrestlingSheet.com. Yep. Which is a great, great site for news. Uh and I gotta say, I dug it, man. If this is what they're planning to do with her, I'm in. She hasn't been around for since what Money in the Bank, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. She hasn't been seen since Money in the Bank. So they nope. could really play this, you know, where you know she she lost that Money in the Bank, and it just it sent her over the edge, you know. I don't see why not. I mean, you figure she's ten years in the WWE right now. Yeah. Uh, this this month actually marks her ten year anniversary with the Usos. So you figure 10 years she's been on main roster, and not once has she been a champion. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm pretty pretty pumped for it. And uh, I know we were talking a little bit about it uh, the other day, and we were kind of talking about, do you think they made her take it down? I remember you, you asking me that. And, I, and my thought was, what if, and then told her to put take it down all on purpose, you know, to kind of get that, because, like, I feel like pe- more people are talking about it because it got it was it was just there and gone. Bam! It's like, what the fuck is this thing? And well, I I've think noticed, it's getting more people to talk because of that. I've noticed WWE has a real tendency of doing that too. Like a video will get posted, and then within like a matter of moments, they're like, whoa, 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 we need to take that down. And it does. It generates a lot more buzz when yeah, because then now you're searching a lot harder to try and find it, and that's generating a lot of conversation about somebody now. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> this was a good a good vignette piece. Like it was well made, creepy as fuck, and like it 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 held my attention the whole fucking time. I loved it. I I, I really really hope they they run with this. Yeah, yeah. All right. So our next story. You said uh, you you know speaking of ten years, you were talking about how Tamina and the Usos celebrating their ten year anniversary. Another group of people celebrated their 10-year anniversary uh, this month, actually just a few days ago, and that was the Nexus. You remember these guys? Led by Wade Barrett, group of NXT guys. Well, apparently, WWE had plans to bring the Nexus back at this past WrestleMania, WrestleMania 36. But because of the pandemic, all their plans 
change, and uh, it didn't wind up happening. Uh, this was actually confirmed by both Darren Young and Stu Bennett, formerly known as Wade Barrett. Uh, so there's a, one of the articles that I found says, Former WWE superstar Darren Young recently spoke to the VP show and made a major revelation that WWE had planned to the return of Nexus at WrestleMania 36 this year, which was scheduled to take place in Tampa. He said, if Nexus would have come back, and, and, and who knows what would have happened with it, but we were scheduled to come back for WrestleMania. Yeah, this year's WrestleMania at Tampa. And then on Twitter, uh, somebody at the handle of at 5thej uh, said, what does Stu Bennett think about WWE having plans to bring back the Nexus at WrestleMania 36? Was he going to return and be involved? And he responded to this. Again, If like I said, those who don't realize, that's Wade Barrett. You remember Wade Barrett? He was the leader of the Nexus. Uh, he said, I was offered something. But I politely declined it. So, you know, it's confirmed by at least these two guys that the Nexus was going to come back at, at Mania 36. But that Barrett was not going to be part of it. So what do you think about the Nexus in general coming back and the fact that Barrett was, had, didn't want anything to do with it? Well, I mean, you know, I didn't have anything positive to say about Wade Barrett. I thought he was a good in-ring competitor. I just always thought his finisher was... Lackluster. Yeah, you always say that. Um, the Wasteland, in my opinion, wasn't a good finisher. Um, I started liking it once he started doing that elbow, though. Like, he started doing the... He would pull down his elbow pad and boom! Like, that was pretty badass. The return of the Nexus could be interesting, because we don't have any major factions running wild anymore. True. I mean, it's about time something gets shaken up, and maybe they could start doing something like that with someone. Whether it be, like, the Nexus return, maybe the black and white gets passed on to a new generation, and we see a return of the NWO. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something. Something Ooh. has to happen. Nexus World Order. No. They could totally do that. No. <laughs> you don't fuck with the classics. Yeah, but WWE always fucks with the classics. They do, and what happens every time they do it is shit goes wrong. And I know, you're probably going to yell at me if it winds up happening like that because, you know, I wound up saying something, and then it wound up happening. You know. I mean, as long as it was done right, I probably wouldn't have much to say, but, I mean, it is I mean, what it is. I think I mean, the Nexus yeah. Returning could be a good thing for storylines due to the fact that, like I said, we don't have anything like that right now. I don't even think we have anything more than, like, um, trio tag teams at this point. I think you're right. Nothing that pops off in my I, mind. I mean, we have the Undisputed Era, which is four members, but it's NXT. Yeah. And speaking of, do you think that if they bring back Nexus, should it be people from NXT, the way it was? Or should it just be guys on roster that aren't getting used? I'm torn on that one, because, I mean, if they're going to bring back the Nexus, they're probably going to bring back the original guys and reform Maybe. the Nexus. But if they're going to do, like, a Nexus 2.0... But if Barrett's not there, who was the leader... I, I don't know, it seems weird to, to bring back everybody else but the leader. And, I mean, like, some of them don't even work for the company anymore. You got, like, Ryback. He won't work for the company anymore. You no, know, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's a bunch of them that just don't work for the company anymore. So, I don't know. I mean, it could be interesting. Could be maybe, like, a couple, of, a couple of veterans and then a bunch of NXT guys. You know, kind of... I don't know. 
It could be interesting, but and yes, I mean, John, John, you you know, because you're either Nexus or you're against us. Remember that. Yeah, but when you're NWO, you're NWO for life. It's true. I mean, yeah, Nexus didn't have a cool hand signal, you know, you know, for life. They didn't have that. I don't know if you could, if uh, trying to make something out of Nexus would be interesting on your hands, but I doubt it. So, for our last news story, a trailer has dropped for Edge's new movie, Money Plane. Uh, this uh, looks really interesting. Uh, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't know if you consider it maybe like a heist movie, I guess you'd, you'd call it. A heist on a plane? I don't know. I would definitely call it a heist yeah. on a plane. I mean, it, heist it's, on a plane. That, it's got that Ocean's Eleven-y feel to it. Without the as much of the humor, I feel. You know, it's more. it seemed more from the trailer way more serious than like an Ocean's movie. Okay, I can, I can, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. We haven't seen the movie yet. We don't know what they're going to do with it. No, no, I said from the trailer, it seems a lot more serious than what the Ocean's movies give off as far as humor. Um, But who stare at goats? Oh, I hope the hell not, man. That fucking trailer was pretty funny, but that movie was garbage. But uh, yeah, there's a pretty good cast in this. I mean, you have uh, Kelsey Grammer's in it, Thomas Jane's in it. You know, I feel there's Denise Richards. Denise, I was like, I know that. I remember thinking, I was like, oh yeah, the the the, the girl I remember, and then I couldn't remember what her fucking name was. Yeah, so I mean, where the fuck she been all these years? I have no idea. In my bedroom. Yeah, you wish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what do you think of the trailer? Is it a movie that you're excited to see? I mean, anything that Edge is in, I'm excited to see, except for Haven. Didn't watch Haven. Uh, he was really good on it. He's really I, that's good what I've it. heard. Uh, and actually, I just found out he was on Vikings. And yeah. now I'm really sad that I haven't watched Vikings yet because I've heard it would be a show I'd get into. Oh, I bet. Um, so after I'm done with my current run of TV and the show that I promised somebody I would watch afterwards, Vikings is next on the list. Um, but honestly, this movie, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, Edge in a nice, serious role instead of being like the comic relief. Um, like I said, I got a really good Ocean's Eleven-y feel to the trailer due to, like, the money heist. Um, the whole plane setting. I'm just waiting for, like, some awesome moment of the movie where, like, Sam Jackson kicks out a door and he's like, That's it! I've had it with this motherfucking casino on this motherfucking plane! (laughs) Yes, so, uh, you know, if you guys haven't seen the trailer yet, it's about, um, so Edge... Uh, or Adam Copeland, you know, however, he, that's how he's billed, obviously, because that's his name. Him and uh, some other people get tasked with robbing this this casino in the sky. It's supposed to be like the this untouchable fortress uh, of money in the sky. So, uh, sounds pretty cool. I'm in. I'll be checking it out when it when it comes out. I'm sure it'll be VOD since no fucking theaters are open. And I, I'm not. I don't remember when it said it was gonna uh, come out, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty soon. And it'll probably be on VOD, so I know I'll be checking it out. I'm sure John will check it out too. Absolutely. All right. So now we got a couple of reviews. Well, one for John because he didn't watch the other one. <laughs> it happens. So, uh, well, let's start off with the one that you didn't watch. We we'll just kind of get it out of the way. But that was uh, WWE 24 Ric Flair: The Final Farewell. Uh, this aired right after uh, In Your House. Though I didn't get a chance to watch it until earlier today, but that's okay. I actually watched it. It was really cool. It was only like 45 minutes, and it um, it kind of showcased Rick Fla- the, the days leading up to Ric Flair's final match in 2008 against Shawn Michaels. 
Um, you know, you get to see stuff from like the press conference leading up, the Hall of Fame ceremony. He, him just, him just breaking down during those, man. It just brought back all those feelings from when, from when we watched it that first time. You know, when we got to see all that kind of stuff. You get to see uh, Dusty Rhodes in this thing. You know, he he talks a bit because. Like I said, you know, all this was filmed during that time frame. So, you know, people were still around. People were still alive. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, you get to see The Rock and Triple H. They're fucking so small compared to what they look like now. It's ridiculous how small both of them were uh, 12 years ago. It's fucking nuts. Um, he does. Okay, so, John, you you always quote this line to me. And I was so happy that they included it. My shoes cost more than your house. It's a great fucking promo from Ric Flair, man. That's classic. Yeah, you I always say that. He took his that. shoe off, but he's holding. He's like, "You yep. see this? My mm-hmm. shoe costs more than your house." Yeah, they put that in there, and I was so happy about it. I was like, "I can't wait for John to see that." It's great. Oh, um, we get God. some a little bit of interview stuff from Eric Bischoff in this, which is really cool. He he goes on to admit that he didn't know what he had with Ric Flair, and he messed stuff up, you know, and he he really did. Uh, You get to see, uh, oh, Flair talks a bit about how it was actually Triple H that took him under his wing and got him back into fighting shape, essentially, to, to kind of go out, and this was in 2002, right around 2002. So, like, Triple H is essentially what got Ric Flair back into his groove and paved the way for evolution, you know. Wow. And I'm like, that's it's it's. I was like, wow, that that kind of floored me to think that you get to see Triple H and Flair training in the ring a bit, which is really cool because, I mean, you know, they're they're buds, you know. And, and, and Triple H, he, he wanted to see him be be his best because you know he was he wasn't his best when he came back to the WWE after Bischoff, you know, essentially screwed him over. Um, it, it, this this whole thing was really emotional to watch. It was, but it was a great watch. So I definitely recommend you guys haven't seen it. Hop on the the network. You know, if you don't have the network, get that free trial or whatever. That way you can watch this. You can watch the Edge documentary that we've talked about. You can watch the first three parts of the Taker documentary series. You can watch fucking uh, the fucking In Your House paper. You can watch Backlash next week and the next part of the Taker. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. You get like 30 days, fucking get the thing, man. Just even if you don't want to keep it. 30 days, you can watch a lot of shit in a month. I'm just saying. Check it out. And so the other thing that we uh, watched, not quite as good as this, I I have to admit. Well, that was Sting, The Lost Tape. And John, I know you watched this one. Uh, So Sting, The Lost Tape um, takes place in 1995, leads up to uh, Sting's match with Big Bubba Rogers, later known as uh, Big Boss Man, for those of you who weren't. Big Boss Man. Oh, was it before that? Oh, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was after that. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I think it was back and forth. Like okay. he definitely bounced. But he was one of the guys who he could never make up his mind if he was a WWF guy, WCW guy. Because like I never really, I didn't watch a lot of WCW. You know that back back in the day. So like Big Bubba Rogers, I didn't know the name. So I'm like, who is this? And like I start watching, I'm like, that fucking looks like Big Boss Man. So yep. I did a quick Google search. And I'm like. Oh shit! It is Big Boss Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't realize that. The racist um, piece of trash he was. <laughs> so yeah, it leads up to their match at Slambury. Um, apparently, Sting allowed cameras to follow him around during this whole time, and for some reason, I don't know why, this footage has never been seen for twenty five years. 
Well, don't I know, know at least back in the day, Sting was very private and didn't want people seeing him without the makeup. That's why, like, you well, notice... why did he let them... Why'd they let, why did he let them follow him with cameras? You know I, what I mean? See, that's far beyond me. Mm-hmm. I just know he was kind of like Kiss for a while. If he got... If he was uh, seen without his makeup, he always had the sunglasses on. He always made sure, like, people couldn't really see his face. Okay. It's interesting. Um, we get some interviews with like Brian Pillman, Macho Man Randy Savage, which I thought was that that stuff was fucking cool, man, to see. It was just like I was talking about the the Dusty Rhodes thing, just being able to kind of like go back in time almost and just see this stuff is is really cool. Um, so before I get more into my thoughts, I want to hear what you had to think, you had to say about Sting the Lost Tape. See, I you know me, man. I'm a huge Sting fan. Sting is my brother. I mean, I literally got this scorpion tattoo on my forearm in the shape of one of his 90s t-shirts. I mean, I was really disappointed at the fact that this was only like 20 minutes long. I think it's 27 total. Yeah. Like, it wasn't long at all. Problem Um, is, 17 minutes was the lost tape, and then 10 minutes was that match between him and Big Bubba Rogers. And it's like... Which was a great match. 17 minutes? That's all I get? Yeah. And, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it was a great match. It's just not what I was expecting from all these 24 things that have been dropping. Like, like well, you're this, getting... This, I, this wasn't a I know, I know, but I still thought it was going to be something more yeah. than what it was. Yeah. Um, But it was really cool to see Classic Stinger, like, Flat Top Sting, just doing his yeah, thing. Yeah, it really was. I watching loved him, the watching him put the makeup on was cool. Yeah, the Macho Man. That was really the, cool. the Macho Man interaction had to be my favorite by far. Because yeah. it was it's one of those rare looks behind the scenes of Macho. Mm-hmm. And I love how he's like, oh, you know what they say, man. There's no honor amongst thieves. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And then Sting walks away and he's like, that guy's a real dick. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like the stuff they showed was really cool. Like I really was, liked it. It was really nice to see behind the veil. Like you said, it was cool to see the makeup applied. It was cool to see the behind the scenes. I, like I said, I'm a huge Sting fan. I didn't know he used to go out into the arena and stuff and walk around and greet fans before the show. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's a really cool insight to, like, the man behind the paint. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what this was. I think it was just, like, a, Sting's getting up there in his years. We don't know how much longer we're going to have to, like, be able to use his stuff. Let's get it out there and let people see this. Yeah, yeah, I get that, and but the problem is, I think this was a big missed opportunity. Um, they could have easily had current Sting watching this tape, showing him, kind of watching it, giving his thoughts on it, kind of going back and forth between the actual footage and then what his thoughts on it. It would have made it a little bit longer, and I think it, it would have gave more insight because it would have been like, okay, now you're getting to see his perspective on watching this footage, you know, and watching his old self and how he feels, you know, things have changed. And I, I think it could have been really a cool thing to have more than just this tape, which I mean was cool, but it, it lacked a lot because of that. It did. Yeah. It did. Um, the only issue with that is, is that there's a lot of rumors going around right now that Sting is no longer working with the WWE. They recently pulled one of his Mattel figures from getting produced, and there's a lot of rumors he's going to show up in AEW. 
Hmm. Right now, and that's all it is, it's rumor pool. There's no like validity to it. There's no fact to it. There's no actual backing to it. Yeah. So I guess we'll see in due time. I guess. I mean, fuck, maybe they should have done this five years ago then, on the 20-year anniversary, and then fucking actually had him do some stuff. I don't know. But maybe. it definitely feels like a missed opportunity. Still, I, I still say it's worth checking out, especially if you're a big Sting fan. You, it, It's good. Like I said, the footage is really cool. Oh, um, it is. But, it's great. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the match is a really good match, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it was one of the few times where I was like, oh, shit, man, I've never seen this match. Yeah. Just know what you're getting into, you know? It's 17 minutes of this tape, and then a 10-minute match, and then you're out the door. So just be aware before you go in, so that way, hopefully, your expectations are uh, kind of leveled out. So now, right. before we go into the In Your House, we're kind of doing the rumor pool right now. Okay. I want to pick your brain on something you brought to my attention last night. And okay. since we're recording the podcast and this is wrestling, let's talk about this. So you brought up last night, rumor has it that CM Punk might be the the Raw SmackDown the, yeah, hacker. The, the SmackDown hacker, yeah. So now, what are your thoughts on this? And yes, I'm putting you on the spot because oh, this fine. is something that wasn't on our agenda. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be an amazing kind of twist. You know, they've been doing this for months, this hacker thing. Now, what are are your thoughts on the way I said, like, wait till the live crowd and have a live crowd there for the return? Absolutely. I think if they bring him back before they have an audience, it's going to, they're going to lose some of that excitement. I mean, it was super (laughs) cool, but it's it's not going to be nearly as, as impactful. You know, without without at least a partial crowd there. A partial, you know? yeah. Um, you had said New Japan is getting the the privilege to do like one third crowd. Yeah. Do you think there's a way WWE will be able to do that as well? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee you that. Uh, we, I guarantee you that soon, um, sporting events will start opening, and, like being allowed to open and having limited capacity. I, I it's going to happen. I mean, the country can't stay closed forever. It just can't. You know, but you know, you gotta you gotta have strict guidelines in place to keep yeah. shit from getting crazy again. You know what I mean? Limited capacity, making sure people, you know, fucking offer masks if you need to. You know, give them out something. You know, they're gonna have to do something. But uh, yeah, eventually they're they're gonna start allowing crowds back in. Yeah, fair enough. Like I said, I just wanted to pick your brain on that. I, yeah. I, I know we I think, talked about it a little bit last night. I think it would be a great idea. Because, like, who was the guy that you originally thought it was? I can never remember his, his Oh, fucking... uh, Muhammad Hassan. Yeah. Or okay. not Muhammad. No. Oh, Mustafa no. Ali. Mustafa Ali. Um, now, like, a month or two ago, I was, you know, when we talked about this, I was like, okay, that'd be cool. Yeah, sure. Why not? But this thing is dragged out so long. That I don't think he would be impactful enough. You know what I mean? Because no, they're, they're taking their sweet ass time, and I get it, because they're probably waiting till they can have a crowd back. But do they really think he's gonna be the like the big pop that it, you know that people are hoping for with this? I don't think so. That's why I think a CM Punk that could do it. And there's also rumor that it's both him and AJ working together 
like AJ Lee, not not AJ Styles for for those of you getting confused. <laughs> um, and either way, I'd be down with either of those. Well, I mean, uh, she was scenarios. Really back to the company too, so I mean, it'd be really cool if they did a husband wife tag team with them. Yeah, I mean they've got you know some kind of things like that. I know they got a couple in TNA like that. Uh, so why not? You know, yeah. and uh, they're both great performers. I think it would actually be really cool to see. Uh, I agree. I don't, I don't know. Let let us know who do you think the SmackDown hacker is. Hop onto Anchor Anchor FM slash Off the Ropes JJ. Leave us a voice message. I want to know who you think the hacker is. Give us your and give us your reasoning. I want to know. I don't care if it sounds like a fucking com- conspiracy theory. Even Put if that you think it's a godly gooker and or um, <laughs> fucking doink the clown, I don't master. care. <laughs> Eugene's gonna come back, and, well, and all off, of a sudden he's the hacker. If Eugene's the hacker, I want to know who's doing the computer work for him because he was not smart enough. <laughs> Maybe he is not. Maybe that whole thing was an act. You don't know. Maybe it was Festus. Maybe it was Festus. <laughs> but yeah, let us know your thoughts. All, all right. right. So let's, let's get down get to the meat and potatoes. Yeah, it's called NXT TakeOver. In, in your house. House. That's right. This is uh, the first in your house in almost in over 20 years. Yep. It was 1990. So like it ran from 1995 to 1999. There were 27 in your house events during those that four-year period. Then it stopped with um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. In your house in 1999. That was the very last one. And now this is the 25th anniversary of the very first in your house uh, pay per view. And uh, I love that they brought back that old logo. Uh, they brought back uh, uh, Todd Pettigill. I thought that was really cool. Um, fucking, uh, there's some cool stuff, man. They did some cool, like, uh, like the commercial in, in, in between stuff was cool. Uh, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about as as we kind of go through stuff, but um, I know I don't know if you actually wound up watching. I know I told you not to bother. Did you watch the, the pre-show? pre-show? No, I didn't watch okay. the pre-show. I was real disappointed with this pre-show. It was a half an hour, no match, so it was literally just a half an hour of them talking. That's it. And it was Sam uh, Sam Roberts and Pat McAfee were there with Todd, and I am not a fan of Sam Roberts. He annoys the shit out of me. I remember when he used to be on the like the desk with um with like Renee and them for a little while. I couldn't stand him then. I I was like, really, this guy is no. I hope it was just a one off and he's not actually coming back. Was not a fan. I don't know what your thoughts on him were, but I mean, he was meh. He wasn't my cup of tea, but sure. Yeah, exactly. So then they uh, you know get into the show and they start off with a live performance by Code Orange. Doing the in your house theme underneath. Uh, what were your thoughts on this live performance? I dug it. It's my kind of music, definitely. There were some things about the performance that we chatted a little bit about before this, but <laughs> you gotta, you can't have a shirt on if you're gonna try to mock that guy. Nobody wants to see me without a shirt on. Probably true. Let's just put that out there. Nobody wants to see this. Without my shirt on. Yeah, so speaking of shirtless, uh, one of the guys in the band just loving himself, just fucking going to town, no shirt, getting right up in front every, like, 
eight seconds or so. Just every fucking, just, it's the basis, too. And he's just like, he's sitting in the back. He's, and he comes right up past the fucking singer, getting right up in the camera's face. Like, dude, back up. The first couple times, okay, cool, whatever. Back the fuck up, man. Yeah. But the song itself, I dug. I liked it. The song was good. I just got taken back by the the performance itself. The shirtlessness. I was shocked that they even bothered to do a live performance. Like, yeah, technically they had an audience because they have all the, like, the superstars out in the audience now, which is cool. I think that's great because you at least get some, you hear stuff, you know, it sounds like a, a small crowd, you know what I mean? So it's I like that. Show. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really dig that they started doing that. They put the plexiglass around to, you know, protect the crowd. Yeah, hey, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Protect the crowd. It's like a hockey game. Protect <laughs> you know? the crowd. Yeah, you know. That about 10 minutes. Protect <laughs> the crowd. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. So but, uh, yeah, I thought it was match. weird. So, yeah, opening, opening match. match. You know, it wasn't. Who was the opening match? It was. Oh, it was the it six. Was the, the six, six women's tag match. match. I thought it was. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great paced uh, uh, opener. I thought you it really. Want, you want to really talk about it. who was in it? Yeah. So we have uh, the team of Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and Candice LeRae. Yep. Uh, I thought it started off. Like, I thought them starting off the show with this match showed a lot of faith in the women's division. Absolutely. You know? So, I thought this was a great match overall. Um, I thought it, it was, like, well-paced. It was, yeah. there's a lot of, like... A lot of action. Mm-hmm. Um, this match started, though, one of my big critiques of the night. And it was, we talked about this. It was the throwback to all the other past oh, superstars. Yeah. And it, it started with Raquel Gonzalez. And Renee Young's like, or it wasn't Renee, sorry, it was Beth. And she's like, wow, some ninth wonder of the world feelings tonight. And I'm like, you can't compare her to China. China was a one-of-a-kind person. Yeah. And I let it slide. I'm like, I mean, can- Raquel is, she's a beast, and she's real fucking good. But yeah, let her be her own person you know what i mean i mean to to side parallel this this is exactly what ruby or not wow wow fuck not (laughs) ruby right um oh my god the one who just came back she was in the the main event with charlotte and io shari oh um uh uh, yeah this is exactly what rhea ripley was talking about at wrestlemania People being compared to other people. Yeah. You cannot compare China to Raquel Gonzalez because that's an unfair comparison. Well, other other way around. You can't compare Raquel to China. True. That yeah. and I, you know what I meant. And like I hopefully the people who are listening to this know what I meant. But you can't compare those two because they're two totally different individuals. Yeah. And it's Overall, a totally though, different time too, you know? Yeah. Totally different yes. different time. Yeah. I'm I, back to the match itself though. I was really glad to see that we got the continuation of the Dakota Kai Tegan Knox split because, you know, like they obviously have their paths between the two of them. Mia Yim and Candice LeRae obviously have their issues between the two of them. And then you got the two randoms in there of Raquel Gonzalez and Shotzi Blackheart. And I told you this yesterday. I'm still a little confused about the whole Shotzi Blackheart thing. Yeah. I can't really. If you, okay. If you guys out there know, let why does she like? What is her gimmick? What is this? Like, yeah. okay, she comes down in this little tiny tank. 
when when she started, did she do this somewhere else before WWE? Um, did she start doing it like as an homage to DX or something? Because that's what it feels I mean, like. Almost, not to you mention, know? Like, what's the rest of the gimmick? Is she a yeah. punk? Is she a rebel? Is she? I mean, <laughs> I understand she is Shotzi Blackheart, but, but I mean, what is Shotzi Blackheart? Exactly. The last time I remember a Blackheart, it was Owen Hart, and that's its own thing. Um, <laughs> overall, though. I really liked this match. I thought it was well-paced. I liked that, you know, you got all the ins and outs of, like, every feud was worked on in this match. I love that Candice LeRae and Mia Yim take the fight backstage, and essentially Dakota Kai causes the match to go in the other's favor because she boots Raquel Gonzalez in the face. We get the sweet, like, tandem flip move from uh, Shotzi and, and, and Tegan Knox. Which was pretty epic. It I, was. I, I, dug, I dug that. I, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I, I thought there was some great, great stuff in this match. Um, and uh, I, like, like we say, we always say when we watch these shows, it's all about that the pace setter, this opening match. Because if you can't set a good pace, then the, the whole show is going to kind of slog until somebody steps up, you know. And I think they did a great job. Uh, so Shotzi. Tegan and Mia Yim, they're the ones who win this match. Uh, you know, continuing some various feuds throughout these ladies. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I was pleased with this. I thought it was damn good. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So after this match, we got an old-style commercial. Paid for by the following. During other, uh, in between some of the other matches as well. But this is the first time we get to see it. Yeah. Go ahead, John. I mean, it was okay. I yeah. mean, I was really impressed by the fact that they're bringing, like, ice cream cookies with, like, the WWE superstars on them. Yeah, the the good humor ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. Um, now, what you brought up, do you think uh, CM Punk had something to say about this? I mean, obviously, I hope he had something to say about it, because when he was in the midst of his big title run, he kept pushing that he wanted the ice cream, uh, the ice cream bars back. Yeah. And WWE was like, nah, nah. And, and now, when you brought that up, because I hadn't thought about, I hadn't thought about that in years. So when you brought that up, and then we started talking about the SmackDown hacker, I'm like, well, what if he is working with them? What if he is the SmackDown hacker? And what if they finally agreed to make these fucking bars because he's like, yo, this would be the perfect time. It's all meshing together. I mean, it's a melting pot, man. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I hope that uh, I can find these somewhere because I totally want to buy some and uh, try them, see what they taste like. Yeah. All right. So the next match, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Damian Priest. Yeah. Let man. me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> I am totally on the Damian Priest bandwagon. And I told you this yesterday. I didn't realize I've watched Damien Priest work before as Truth Martinez down in ROH. I liked him then, and I'm even more on his bandwagon now because I'm like, hell yeah, fucking push this dude. However, this match was not in his favor. I don't like what WWE is doing with Finn Balor right now. And it wasn't until I had a conversation with somebody yesterday 
that I put two and two together and realize where they're pushing this angle right now, and it's not going to work. But tell me what you think about the match, and then I'll go back to what I'm talking about. I'm curious if uh, what you think is what I'm thinking, so we'll we'll kind of see, and I'll give my thoughts, and then you'll tell me if I'm right. But right. Uh, yeah, I, I thought these these two were they were putting the, each other through the ringer throughout this whole, throughout this whole match, man. They they, they put it on the freaking line. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a damn good match, like match wise. I thought it was good. I understand what you're saying about you know Damian Priest and, and, and not being necessarily good for him. But it showcased that he he's got what it takes. I think. Yeah, man. He's I, did, got some I didn't really I didn't really know much about this guy, but I was impressed by him. So I mean, he 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 gained a fan last, uh, uh, you know on on Sunday for me. Um, but that there's one spot, and you know exactly what I'm talking about during this match, that made me go, oh. Was fuck. it the back bump onto the steps? Right onto the steps, man. From the ring apron. Oh, God, I rewound it like three times because I was I wasn't watching it live. I was watching it after the fact, and I'm just like, <laughs> because I was like, I got to make sure to see whether or not he hit the corner. You know what I mean? Because that would have fucked him up. Luckily, like he, he didn't. Him. He he hits like right on the edge, but still flat on the edge, like on the actual back of it, and not right on the corner. But dude. It was that a spot nasty, was potentially pretty bad. Yeah, it was fucking, and it's not like, it's not like he was fucking like chucked or fucking jumped up a lot. It's just from the the ring apron down, and that's still that man. I could have fucked him up, but it was a good spot. Hell, hell yeah. But uh, what? So after the match, so Baylor wins this match, and after it, they they make the the announcement. I didn't know this that he has that Baylor has set a record. For winning eleven takeovers, yep. And it makes me wonder: Are they trying to turn him into like the NXT version of the Undertaker? That's not what I think is going on. Okay. Um. So when I watched NXT, I noticed something that I had never seen done before for <laughs> Finn Balor, and I don't know if you caught this. So his Titan Tron goes off. Okay. It's not just Finn Balor anymore. He's the Prince, Finn Balor. WWE is trying to bring back Prince Devia. Oh, I, I don't think I caught. On, I don't think I caught that on the on the Titan Tron. So. It wasn't. It wasn't just the Titan Tron. It was on the ribbon around the arena yeah, as well. I, I I don't think I was paying attention to it. So WWE yeah. is trying to cash in on his Bullet Club days and trying to turn him back into who he was in the Bullet Club. Yeah. But it won't work in the WWE because for one, you've already fired the members of the Bullet Club. And you don't have a reason for the Bullet Club to exist anymore. Unless they decide to renew their contracts and uh, bring them back over to NXT. Yeah, but they bring, can't... Or see- bring Baylor or... Ba- I don't know how you pronounce his last fucking name. Baylor up to the... Back back up to main roster. But they, they kept citing um, the Good Brothers, as they were called, you know, Gallows and Anderson. They kept putting them with AJ. Yeah, so you have a, you have a, you have a Finn Baylor AJ feud. Winner gets the Bullet Club. Something, something, I mean, they could. If they, they chose, could. They, they could do that. Um, I don't I know if they're smart enough to be, do that. If you want to use the Prince gimmick and you want to do that that style thing with him, then you got to let go of the demon, which yeah. they don't really use the demon much anymore. Which but, bums me out because I love that part. I love that side. So do I, and I think that's what they need to go back to. 
But heel Baylor is a whole different concept. But I would love to see Demon heel Baylor because I think that could be phenomenally worked. Now, do you think it would get stale if he's the demon all the time? Kind of. I mean, like, back in his indie days, he wore makeup. I mean, it wasn't the same makeup, but he wore makeup all the time. But it was for different purposes. It was more of a war paint back then. WWE turned it into almost kind of like The Fiend. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could feud with with Finn Balor and lose. And honestly, that's probably why they're not doing it anymore. They've already got The Fiend. That's what I'm assuming, which is probably why they moved him back down to NXT as well, because then, you know, you kind of forget about Finn Balor a little bit. It's their way of repackaging him for those who, for a lot, because I can guarantee you, a large majority of the people who watch WWE aren't actually watching NXT. No. Which is a shame. Because they put on some pretty good stuff. They know? do. So it's definitely a shame. But, yeah, I dug this match. I thought it uh, it didn't necessarily disappoint me in, in any in any means. There's only – we'll get to it. There's only one match throughout this whole night that disappointed me. So uh, – and it definitely was not this one. Nope. And it also was not the next match, which was Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee for the North American Championship. Dude, Keith Lee's a fucking beast. So I love this guy. Before we talk about the match, can we talk about the build-up promo with Johnny Gargano really quick? Okay, yeah. Sitting at the dinner table. I love how that played out into his entrance as well. Yeah. I love I love them talking, and he's, like, doing the family values thing, and he's like, look, this is just who I am. This is what has to happen. And then he, like, they pan back to him the last time, and he's in his gear, and he gets up, and he comes out for his... I was like, man... I was like, why the hell can't they do that for, like, WWE main roster anymore? Because that shit was tight. I think it was during the pre-show, but apparently Keith Lee and, and whoever the chick is that he's with, who I can't remember what her name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Is that who it was? Okay. Um, Did, like, essentially a parody of that. Yeah. That's And awesome. it was hilarious. Like yeah, you got to check that out when you get it. Ch- I think they, I think they showed it during the pre-show. But yeah, you got to check that they out. They showed like a couple seconds of it during the build-up, but okay. it was what it was. But yeah, this now, this match how did you was like this match, dude. It was a fucking slobber knocker, man. They were just fucking going to town, man. I loved it. It was great. So, <laughs> let's go back to something you said like fifteen minutes ago about how that plexiglass was there for the crowd. <laughs> Oh my god, this was awesome! Fucking right through. Oh my god, fucking Keith Lee just barrels Johnny Gargano right through that fucking plexiglass. And I saw that before I watched the match because I happened to, like I was on Twitter and someone posted just that clip, and I was <laughs> like, "Holy shit! I can't wait to watch this match." And it didn't dis- fucking disappoint. Um, we got some fucking Gargano sucks chance. To the John Cena To the theme. John Cena theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Gargano sucks. Gargano sucks. <laughs> that was good, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what were your thoughts on, on this match overall? The uh, Yeah, all of it. Overall, I really liked this match. It was, wasn't was the ending that I expected for this match. Okay. I honestly thought uh, Sunday night was Gargano's night. Okay. However, politically speaking... I understand why Keith Lee won that match. 
I, I mean, we, they may have done it because of that, but part of me doesn't think that that's the reason. Part I mean, of me thinks that they just want to keep the feud going. Oh, but they could have kept the feud going even more if Johnny Gargano won the title. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but, I mean it could have been elevated to a new level with Johnny maybe. Gargano winning that belt. Maybe. Um, It's possible. So, I really overall, I loved... I loved how the match played out. Like I said, it was an amazing match. There was a lot of great back and forth. Gargano really showed he has what it takes to be a top tier guy. Dude, he was determined throughout this fucking match. It was, and it showed. Um, I really liked Keith Lee. Um, I thought he looked phenomenal as well. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything negative to say about this match because it was a good match. Just wasn't what I expected from the match. I mean, it was great. That. It was a yeah. great match. And like I said, I'm not taking away from that. It yeah. just wasn't what I expected it to be. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And yeah, as if you guys couldn't tell from the way we were talking, Keith Lee did retain his title here. Yes. So, but uh, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I didn't know what to expect from it, to be honest with you. So I, I, didn't really, I didn't really have that issue as I watched it. But I get what, what you're saying, so... And, Next, and because uh, we didn't mention it a couple minutes ago, Finn Balor won against Damian Priest. No, no, I did say that because I talked about that this was his 11th win. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. All right, so our fourth match of the night, Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole in a backlot uh, brawl excuse me. for the NXT say, Championship. Hey, say it right. No, I'm not going to. Adam Cole, baby! <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, I didn't. I didn't realize this. Cole had fucking, has been a champ for for over a year. A year. I didn't realize that it was June of last year that he got that fucking oh, yeah. title. I was like, holy shit! All right, they really got they really got uh, faith in this guy. They do. Yeah. yeah. I. So okay. So this was another one of the moments in the night that really bugged me. Was I loved the entrances. You know, Adam Cole rolls in in this big old monster truck. And then here comes Velveteen Dream, and he's got the yellow Lamborghini. Yeah. And commentary is what pisses me off. Dream comes rolling in, and all you hear is, Oh, I thought he'd roll in a little red Corvette. Because he's doing, like, a Prince-like gimmick. And I'm like... He's not, though. I mean, well... As Velveteen Dream, yes. But that's not... He wasn't even dressed like that. No, and that's what I'm saying. He got out of the car dressed like Negan. Yeah, he's fucking Negan from The Walking Dead. And it's just like... Why... Like, don't be fucking... Like, I I understand. Okay. Yes, he's doing like a Prince gimmick. But really, that's way too on the fucking nose. Like, come on, guys. Like, you're better than that. So... Or maybe you're not. How did you enjoy this match? I actually really dug it. Um... There were some points that that kind of were a little bit slower than I would have liked, and I am just getting sick of the cinematic use during these yeah. like kind of. I mean, it's not. I can't really say that a backlot brawl is a normal match, but it it's a wrestling match, you know, as opposed to like the Firefly Funhouse or the Boneyard match, which are very different from from a normal match. Those I think were cool to use the cinematic in. I'm really getting sick of them. Just like every single pay per view, got to have a cinematic match. Oh yeah, just like stop. I just, I don't know. I'm just getting, I'm just getting tired of it. Use it at the big four, and I'd be happy with that. 
You know, we got WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Have a cinematic match at each of those, bam, I'm good. But I just don't think it helped this match at all. I don't know. I No, see, I agree with you on that. Um, that was one of the aspects that took me out of this match was because it was, like, so cut to be perfect. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be like that. Like, that match is supposed to be rough and gritty for a reason. Yeah. Um, And there was... There was a multitude of layers of, like, things that disappointed me with this match, because the match itself was great. I loved the back and forth between Adam Cole and uh, Velveteen Dream. And I loved, like, the reversals, and I loved the near falls. But what kept Yeah, their, their actual it, wrestling was really well done. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm saying. But what took me out of it was, like, commentary kept taking me out of it. Like, there was the, the moment where um, Bobby Fish and... Uh, the other member of Undisputed. Oh, uh, Roderick Strong. Thank you. I was like, I know it's not Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. Um, but they come out to his aid, and they start throwing all the chairs in the ring. Yeah. And all of a sudden you hear, I'm having shades of ECW. Yeah. No fucking shit you're having shades of ECW. So is every fan who's watching this. Yeah. But shut the fuck up and focus on what's actually going on in the match. It's and like that's the, fact the that first Undis- thing... The first thing that I thought when I started doing it, I was like, oh, cool, kind of like ECW. But I didn't need to hear the uh, the commentator say it because I was already thinking it. Exactly. And the second thing that popped in my head was, what'd they do? Go to Walmart and clear out the chair section? Well, see, what went through my mind was is you could tell that that was a cinematic shot because Adam Cole was in the bed of the truck before he got in the ring. Oh. He didn't walk okay. across all those chairs. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, even, so, I didn't I'll be honest, didn't even catch that. But, yeah, that's a good catch. Yeah, so I was I was taken back by that as well, because I'm like, well, he was in the bed of the truck, and you're going to tell me he just walked across, like, the 20-some chairs they threw in the ring? Yeah. And as much as I love Adam Cole as a performer, it just shows that he needs Undisputed Era to defend himself, because, yeah. you know, they ran to his aid. And I don't know who the other guy was under the ring, but that took me out of the match as well. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm like, was he just under there for, like, as long as he oh, had... Oh, wasn't it, wasn't it, um... Wasn't it uh, uh, Dexter Loomis? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, because I was like, Loomis? I wonder if he's the guy from Halloween. <laughs> I mean, same same last name. No, yeah. Yeah, Dexter Loomis, who uh, who stuffed Roderick Strong and, and Bobby Fish into a trunk. Yeah, he did, stuff. which yeah. is kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. But, I mean, there I love some, the ending. I love there was some the... good stuff throughout. Before we get to the end, I want to talk about some of the stuff in the middle of this match. I thought Absolutely. they did some some really really interesting stuff. I mean, you got the fucking Uber pulling up. Ah, yeah. Somebody <laughs> call for an Uber. Somebody call for an Uber and then they open up the doors and they literally fight through the Uber, which I thought was brilliant. I thought that was great. Um uh, uh, uh fucking Adam Cole in the car and and Dream just like smashing it up. Though I do kind of wish he had like smashed out a window with the bat. I thought the same thing. But it's probably a safety thing because Cole's in the car. Yeah. You know? But I feel like they could have rigged it to where, like, maybe there was, like, some sort of, like, plastic right, right there on the other it side of the window. the back window. Yeah, but still, it could have flowed forward and hit him in the back of the head. So, like, just, like, have, a, have some plastic on the far side to where it's not where the camera is. So it smashes in, but then, like, the plastic catches it all and it's not flying. So they could have done something, but they didn't. But uh, but I mean, we do get a smashed window we when 
Dream chucks Cole into the windshield and it like, cuts up Cole's arm and shit, which that's legit. I mean, he, it, that it was a real windshield, and that's what happens when you throw people oh, into God, the windshield. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that ending. Fuck, man. I was the, like, man. The fuck, what's he called? The the fucking was it the Panama Sunrise? Is that what he calls it? Yeah, I think that's what he calls it. It's the fucking Canadian destroyer. destroyer. <laughs> right onto those chairs. I was just like, I have never seen that done before, and I was like, yes. Yeah. Like, he sets it, I'm like, no, he's not gonna, no, and then he does it like, oh my god! It's fucking nuts. Yeah, that was good, though, holy shit. I was impressed with that. Um, but now, you know, Adam, so yeah, Adam Cole retains, and now Velveteen Dream does not get another shot at this title as long as Cole's the champ. Yep. How long do you think Cole's gonna have this title for? He's already had it for over a year. At least another six months. Wow. Well, I'm going to say at least five because his contract ends in five. So we'll okay. see. What do you think they're going to do with Velveteen Dream? They're going to have him somehow stay in the title picture without taking him out of it and de-elevating him too far. But there's nothing that says he it says he can't compete for the championship. doesn't say he can't still chase the championship. Yeah, but how do you chase the championship if you can't compete for it? You don't get a title match. So, you know what I mean? Okay. That's, that's so, the problem. Undisputed Era says it all. Shock the system, right? Okay. Fuck the man. Do whatever you got to do. Adam Cole's going to have a title match. You go out there and you cause him to fucking lose. You don't... So, so you, you don't, just screw with Adam Cole every chance you get. Absolutely. Get him disqualified. I dig that. I actually really dig that idea. He I mean, just, he just fucking, he just like, he becomes Adam Cole's shadow and absolutely. just follows him everywhere. No matter where he has a match, Velveteen Dream's gonna be there and he's gonna do something to fucking mess with him. Maybe, I mean, maybe he gets him DQ'd. Maybe he just tries to play head games with him to, you know, fuck him up and try to make him lose. I think that actually would be fantastic to see. Well, he should have been a booker. Booker. King Booker? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So before we get into the next match, we had a little bit of a in-between segment, I guess you'd call it, with uh, this Degeneration X computer gag, as I like to call it. <laughs> Which, that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I was busting up laughing. I was like, oh, my God. They're like old men trying to figure out this fucking computer is the funniest thing Which was a from back in the day. Yeah, and it, and it's shades of stuff that they've done before. You know, I'm trying to vote. You remember that? I was Sunday. Oh man, that was good. But what what did you think of this little gag? I, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I mean, it's classic DX, like you said, at its best. Yeah. I mean, you got. Triple H, Road Dog, and Shawn Michaels all trying to sit there, and they were trying to be on AOL chat. Yeah. Which, I loved that shout-out from Todd Pentengale on that, too. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, call into 1-900-WWE-SHOP. Wait, what? We don't don't do 900 numbers anymore? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we don't do 900 numbers anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) I thought it was great. Um, and then they go to DX trying to do AOL chat, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like, those, oh, that's great. These little mid-match things that they were doing all night, man. It was great. Well, like that's it, how it was in the '90s. So I mean, exactly. it was a real throwback, and it was awesome. Yeah, I, um, I loved it. I didn't have anything bad to say about it, and I love like Road Dog like backing up into the in your house line and it falls. <laughs> yes, that was awesome. I want to know was that supposed to happen? I don't think <laughs> so because he looked legit shocked that it fell. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> so. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll move on to this match. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. Um, so I'll say this. I dug Cross's entrance. So that was a cool entrance. Um, they made him look real strong throughout this match. Like we said, because me and you had talked about before this, this, before the event, that there were a couple of ways that they should, that they could take this match and make it really good. Oh, absolutely. One was, to have Carrying Cross win and have Champa look really strong, that way the, you know this new guy gets the win, but it's not taking away from Champa. The other way was to have Champa win and still have Cross look strong and have him like take Champa out after the match. So yep. it really makes Cross look extra strong, and but Champa and, and, and Ch- but Champa still gets the win. They did neither of these. No, they decided let's take the new guy. And just let him demolish Champa, who's been one of the top NXT guys for a while now. Yeah, let's just say, eh, pfft, fuck you. That's essentially, I feel like that's what they did. They just said, fuck you to Champa. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. So I'm going to shit on this match before I compliment this match. So. I went the other Cross, way, but okay. <laughs> Karrion Cross comes out. He's got a, a, a manager. She does absolutely nothing for him. She stood there and did nothing. She didn't banter with the ref. She didn't try to interfere. She did nothing. Carrying Cross, Barry Ciampa. And I understand, Ciampa can't be top guy all the time. He's got to have his losing fights, too. But you don't take a guy who's almost top of the company, at least for that brand, and bury him that bad. Because now what the fuck do you do with Ciampa? You make him look like a joke. Yeah, they did. They just Okay. He he looks so fucking weak here. He got, like, what, fucking... Maybe a minute, if that, of offense. He got he got a few moments of offense, but not enough to really. Not, not yeah, it was like not much at all. It really. Like, so that that was <sighs> one of the compliments I had was that the few moments of offense he had, he looked good. Yeah. But then he kept getting cut off by Cross, and you know, mm-hmm. and the only positive to Cross winning <clears throat> is he submitted him. And to, not Tom okay. No, no, not he. He didn't actually submit him. He made him fucking pass out, and it bothers me so much. Well, I that's think that's going to be the that. angle to keep the feud going. Champa never tap. Uh, Champa never tapped out. Yeah. So I now it. it's going to be like you didn't actually beat me. You just rendered me unconscious. So I'm seeing a last man standing match coming between the two of them. Oh yeah. Okay. I I can see that, but. But at yeah, least I give, give, give Champa some some fucking offense, man. Yep. You know, it's just I, I don't know. It, it really bothered me. It's like up to this point, we've had like four really good matches. You know, like stuff like I'm really enjoying this this fucking pay per view, and then this. I'm just like, well, fuck. So also, it, kind of br- it brought me down a little bit. I think Eddie Griffin needs to come into the company and teach him how to get his Janet eyes better controlled because 
He just looks stupid. Janet. You talking about my Janet? <laughs> like, he kept trying to do, like, that budding eye thing, and he was just like... <laughs> and with his bald head, he looks dumb. Yeah, it's true. No, I, I agree. <laughs> ah, so, uh, yeah, we, uh, we we had that match. So it, you know, that match. Uh, but we at least didn't end on that match. We got oh, dude, a if, great... If that would have ended on that match, there would have been such an uproar. Dude. But we got a great NXT Women's Championship match. Rhea Ripley versus uh, Io Shirai versus Charlotte Flair. I learned how to say Shirai's last name before doing this podcast. Io Shirai. I even Io phonet- Shirai. I even phonetically spelled it out in my notes so that I would say it correctly. Um, yeah, for the NXT Women's Championship, this was a great match. And I love that they decided to bookend this event with women's matches. Opened it with women and mm-hmm. closed it with a woman. Yeah, yep. I, I thought that was fantastic. And like I said at the beginning, it really shows that they have faith in this women's division by, by essentially structuring their show around I, them. I'm going to really go out on a limb to say NXT's women's division might be better than Raw's and SmackDown's. I agree with you. And ever since I started watching NXT, I've thought that. Like, they they put a lot more on the line for it, for what they do. I think it's, honestly, it's probably because they feel that the need to to show what they've got, I guess, to try and prove themselves, you know, and so they have to kind of be better, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's the kind of feeling that I get from it. So, so uh, what did you think of this match? Real quick, uh, before you do that, Little trivia, they mentioned this. The women have not main evented TakeOver since 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah. I caught that. They, the, the commentators like, said that, and I was like, whoa, what? Yeah. They have not main evented a TakeOver. Did you Google search who it was? No, I didn't. Um, I really liked this match. I was only, I was only disappointed with a couple things during this match. One of which is when, uh, Io Shirai gets thrown through the window of the house. Yeah. You could tell that it wasn't secured down for that moment. That kind of upset me a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, it like There was like almost no actual impact. You know yeah. what I mean? So like yeah. it happens and it's just like, oh. Like you just got tossed into some packing peanuts. You and, know what I mean? I told you this yesterday when we talked. With all the WWE throwouts for the night, whether it be the China references or the Kane references or... The this and that, I thought they missed a great opportunity to make a Marty Jannetty joke when yeah. it got thrown through the window. Um, Absolutely. But highlight of the night in this match, Io Shirai flying high. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. That like, was awesome. I, I'm 95% sure she face-planted the ground as well. <laughs> um and and I caught this, and I, I brought this up to you, and I don't know if you went back and rewatched it yet. No, I, I but in the final it. seconds of the match, she hits the moonsault and lands on Rhea Ripley's face. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go back to 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 see whether that is how it went down, but I mean, I've seen that happen in other you know in other matches. So be very I, careful with did, how yeah. she landed anyway, because it was either going to be she landed too high on Rhea Ripley, or yeah. she landed on Charlotte Legs. Um, Charlotte Flair's legs. Yeah. So, okay, so during this match, did you notice when the crowd started 
kind of taunting Charlotte and the crowd being other NXT superstars. Charlotte gave them a crotch chop. Did you see? Did you, no, did you catch that? I that? Yeah. She was like, right. But like down by her, by her crotch. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure Charlotte Flair huh. is not wanted in NXT by most of the superstars at this point. Probably. And I think doing like doing that, it really helps to push that, that kind of heel hatred at that brand level uh, for her, which is, I'm sure she'll just be going right back up to, to, to raw or whatever. Um, since she doesn't have the title anymore, you know, but, uh, Rhea and, and Flair really tore each other apart during this match. And I'm yeah. glad they got that chance to kind of one-on-one and just kind of go at each other. And I mean, like, like when they had that, the last match of theirs that we watched, which was at WrestleMania. Yep. Um, we said it then. It looked like they had heat between each other. Like, the way they were fighting, and it looked like that again. So yep. either they've got real heat between one another, or they're just fucking real good working with each other. And either way, I'm cool. Oh, you know? yeah. Because yeah. it was, like, they looked like they were just beating the shit out of each other, man. Like, I mean, not holding back. I, I can mirror that and say some of the best matches I've ever had in my life have been with you. It's Me true. and you put on clinics with one another. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we've had actual moments in the ring with one another where real shit comes to like comes to the top, and you're trying to best the person you're wrestling. It's true. So I mean, yeah, it happens. Um, and then uh, before before we end the, this part of it, uh, kendo stick man. Yeah, I. I mean, she brought this out recently and got DQ'd. Um, yeah. So it makes sense that they that they did it again during this match because there's no DQs. Uh, what were your thoughts on the fact that she brought the kendo stick back out? I kind of was a little sad. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see that there was weapon involvement, but like, like Charlotte doesn't. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm at, I I'm at the point. Needs... I'm at the point. Whenever I watch a match that's a no DQ match, if there's not at least a weapon involved, I kind of get bummed out. I get that. I don't know why. I just that's just kind of where I am at these days. I don't know. It's like if there's no DQs, use that. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if anything, put them through a table, hit them with a chair. I don't care. Something. I mean, I I, I would have loved to have seen them like a table spot. That would have been awesome. That would have been. Yeah. Like they set up a table and fucking Io Shirai just jumps off the house right there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and speaking of Io Shirai, she finally captured the, the gold here. Uh, this yes, was, I think, was like her third try. I think is what they said. And she fought third time's a charm for Io Shirai. Finally got that title. I was a little bit bummed because I was really rooting for Rhea Ripley, but uh, I think they can use this to have a nice feud between Io and Rhea if they choose to. I, I hope they do. I hope that Rhea stays in the, in the title picture because um, I think she deserves it. I Unless they're bringing her up to keep her Charlotte feud going and they're bringing her up to main roster. I don't know what they're going to do with her, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. So that's all the matches uh, that we had. Um, so I wanted to do something a little bit different this, this time around uh, and add a little extra segment at the end where we kind of – it's almost like a stats segment, but it's not numbers. It's just – I want to kind of list our – I have a few categories. I have MVP of the night, the best match, worst match, and the moment of the night. 
and I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on 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 all those categories. I think this is something I want to I want to do for all the pay per views. I've tweaked out. my answer since we talked yesterday, so it's Ooh. a little different. All right, all right. So which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's do the MVP of the night. Which single wrestler was uh, to you the most valuable of the night? See, okay, so this one changed for me because originally. I was on Damien Priest, and I was like, you know, he was the real MVP for the night. Like, he worked his ass off, and he got cut short in the end. And then I was like, you know, though, I was like, that's not that's not fair, because a lot of the other people worked their ass off, too. And I'm going to change my answer, and I'm going to say Keith Lee. Ooh, okay. I'm curious uh, some of the reasonings for, for Keith Lee. So, okay, so his match with Gargano was phenomenal. And it showed the overcoming of adversity by Keith Lee where, you know, Johnny Gargano went through all odds. He he used the key to the eye. He used the previously injured eye. I mean, he had um, all the assistance he could ever need. You know, Candice LeRae came back out to try and help. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, you had all those moments, and Keith Lee still overcame adversity during this time of pandemic and, like, the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I'm giving the MVP to Keith Lee for the night. All right. I dig that. I dig that. Uh, I did not go that route. Mine happened much later in the night. That is Io Shirai. That's fair. Dude, dude, she impressed the hell out of me tonight. This was the first match I'd ever really seen of her. And yes, I was impressed. She showed a lot of talent in the ring. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, fearlessness, fucking jumping off of that, off of that yeah. house, fucking just land landing that kind of stuff and then winning this match. And, and I don't know, man, she really impressed me. And she's somebody who's, who I'm going to be kind of watching, uh, from now on a bit, bit, bit closer. But yeah, so my MVP was, was Io Shirai. And That's yeah, none of mine have changed since, since I decided on who, who I was going to choose. Uh, so next up, let's start with the uh, worst match of the night, and I think we have the same match: Karrion Cross versus, versus uh, Tommaso Champa. Yeah, as we, I mean, you guys just listened to us kind of rail that match for like ten minutes, probably. It was, yeah, it just it wasn't it was not a very good it was, match. It, it was just, highly disappointing, and not what I would have expected from the two of them. I'm not saying it's the worst match that I've ever seen or anything like that. It's just out of a show full of really damn good matches, this one did not did not cut the mustard, as they say, and uh, should have been left on, on the roadside for dead. I can agree with that. Uh, so then I want to go with uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of move over best match and save that for the end and do moment. Moment of the night. Okay, so I've got I've got a three way moment of the night. Ooh, I'm having a hard a hard time deciding. Yeah, you were you were you were kind of torn the other day. Or was it yesterday or whenever we were talking about this a little bit? You were you were torn about it. It's it's either <clears throat> Amy Priest taking the back bump to the stairs, mm-hmm. Adam Cole going into the windshield, okay, or Io Shirai flying from the rooftop. Wow. Not a single one is the one I picked. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is there guy going through the plexiglass? Hells yes. Keith Lee just fucking plowing him. Bam. I fucking Straight called it. Plexiglass, man. All right. So you okay? So you've got Io Shirai, 
Adam Cole, Damian Priest. Let's talk a little bit about these moments. Because um, obviously we know what mine is. So, I mean, so and we know why. Damian Priest took a hell of a risk taking the bump he took. That's true. And he landed those stairs wrong. He could have flat bumped the steps and made it look like shit. If he over bumped, he could have landed on the edge of the stairs and completely busted his back. He could have landed the edge of the steps wrong and, like, cut himself up pretty bad. I mean, it was an amazing spot. What? Adam Cole taking the spot in the windshield, it was, it was, un, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, it was fucking, it was a real spot into a windshield because you can't fake that. Yeah. And it was hard hitting. In Io Shirai, I didn't see that coming either. Yeah. It's like she, she got tossed through the, win, the window, the, the Marty Jannetty spot, as we're going to call this. And then, you know, she's gone for a little while. And then next thing you know, the camera pans up and she's on the fucking top of the, yeah. the, the, the porch roof. And she's like, well, she's about to fucking fly. And yeah, that, that was a sweet, that was my, uh, my number two. Like I, oh, I was torn between Keith Lee and Io Shirai and, and I leaned a bit more toward Keith Lee because it, it stuck with me throughout the rest of the night. Yeah. As I was watching it. And, uh, yeah, so, and I don't know if that's because I had seen it before and thought it was awesome or what, but in general, it stuck with me. And so that's why it wound up being my, my Any, Anytime I see a big guy pounce somebody and they go flying into, like, the crowd or, like, anywhere, it's hilarious. Yeah. But, like, <coughs> but he if, any, if either of those two guys had been just, just a, a second off, it would have either gone real bad or just looked like crap. Well, if you remember. But, like, it rightly, looked amazing. He did it to Adam Cole a couple months ago and sent Adam Cole into the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. But like right through the plexiglass. Now, if there was no plexiglass, I I'm curious if I would have felt the same. You know I what I mean? Know. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I I won't know, but it, it makes me wonder if it was just like a normal crowd and he did that same spot, but there's no plexiglass. Would I? Would it still be my oh. moment? I don't know. Go back and watch him pounce Adam Cole into the crowd and tell me if you feel the same way. Yeah, I guess I'll have to. Uh, so then we're going to finish up with. Best match of the night. Uh, mine is that women's title match at the end. It was just fantastic. I thought they put on a clinic, the three of them. Some great spots. I mean, it had my my number two moment of the, of, of the night. Had my MVP of the night. It, yeah, th- this match had it had it for me. I really I really enjoyed it. Fair enough. The fucking streamers at the end. Yeah. And real reminiscent of like like Japanese like wrestling and stuff. Yeah, I dug that. And what was your choice? Is, as best? much as I hated this one didn't change for me. Okay. As much as I hated the uh, cinematography filming, Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. Okay. What uh, like, talk a little bit about? What, what, I, I mean that match for me, it had excitement, it had the back and forth. I mean, yeah, I was disappointed by the run-ins because I didn't want to see it, but it elevated the, oh, shit, oh, my God, like, Velveteen Dreams now got a three-on-one situation. Mm. You know, you had all those chairs end up in the ring, and there was the uh, Panorize Sunrise reversal by Velveteen Dream, and he gets to the near count, and I'm just like, man. And then there's the final moment of the Panama Sunrise onto the chairs, and then... Adam Cole wins, and they show just Dream, like, laying on the chairs, and Adam Cole gets back up on the truck, and he's boasting. He's like, I'm Adam Cole. I'm the greatest champ ever. And then, you know, that's great shit. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, it was definitely uh, one of the ones that was up there for me, too. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely 
definitely agree with that. So, okay. So mm-hmm. as we do with all of our pay-per-views, we have a rating system out of five boots. What do you give NXT TakeOver in your house? 4.5. All right. You want to know what? I have to agree. 4.5. If, if that Gargano or uh, not. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the, yeah, if that match had been better, this might have gotten five. I was like, going to say, this event could have been five star. I think it definitely could have. Five uh, boots. It does, like, that match didn't wouldn't, didn't even have to be, like, the greatest fucking match of all time to get a five for this for this show. No. But the fact that every other match I thought was great, and this one just went... <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it kind of knocked that down a little bit, but... They ended real strong and had enough great stuff to where it's, it didn't, it didn't, that match, and that match was okay. It's not, like I said, it's not like it was just a total garbage match. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, definitely 4.5. I'm glad that we agree. Four and a half boots, baby. Boom, baby. <laughs> yeah, so that is our show for today, John, do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off for the night? I mean, come on, people. Go to anchor.fm, off the ropes, JJ. Leave us some voice messages. We oh, would damn. seriously. I mean, we want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you think. What do you want to hear? Is there something we need to, like, fix? Are our facts wrong? Come on, people. We want to hear. Does John need to? Comb his hair more. Do I need to comb my hair more? Just leave us a message. I don't care. I, mean, I think the street prophets say the best. We want the smoke. That's right. Smoke it up, baby. <laughs> Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that wraps up episode six of Off the Ropes with John and Josh. Be sure to check out... Uh, uh, also on all the social medias, you can head over to uh, it's Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, obviously our the Twitter page, which I, I'm more active on than any of the other things, um, our Anchor page, which has all of our previous podcasts. Uh, we even have a Patreon, and you can all of those are uh, using the slash off the ropes JJ. So you go to like Twitter.com slash off the ropes JJ, Patreon.com slash off the ropes JJ. Burn it into your brains, guys. Uh, and speaking of Patreon, um, you know, if you guys sign up, we're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff on there. Uh, one of the things that I was kind of thinking of tooling around a little bit with was uh, reviewing all of the WrestleMania, starting with the first one for uh, the, the the patrons there. So if that's something that you're interested in, fucking hop on, man. Can you also, help us out. Also, I'm just going to throw this shameless plug out there. If you're into movies, comic books, and all that wonderful stuff, check out Josh's podcast, Merc with the Movie Blog. Yeah, MercWithTheMovieBlog.com. You can go to Twitter at MovieBlogMerc. Be sure to check that out. Uh, I'm really active on Twitter with that account. Uh, We also have YouTube and Anchor. YouTube is uh, Merc with the Movie Blog. The Anchor is MovieBlogMerc. You know, sometimes that happens. You know, that's how it is. Uh, yeah, be sure to do that. Um, John, where uh, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook still. I'm yeah. working on a Twitter. I'm thinking <laughs> about coming back to the Twitter world. Just because I want to fuck with celebrities and piss them off. 
Fair enough. And uh, check out check out Johnny's uh, little uh, anchor, uh, Simply Sane, where you can listen to him just rant about random shit. Yeah, you know. Currently covering my life situations, but I'm about to crank it up a notch. He's going to crank it up. Episode three here soon. Fuck yeah. It's going to be a good fucking time. All right. This has been episode six of Off the Ropes with John and Josh. I am Josh. I'm John. And we're... And we are down, down for the, for the count. count. See you next time. Peace.